Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Cryptid Crossroads 505. We're here doing it again. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 studios. Glad to have you. That's right. And if you're a first-time listener, we welcome you. If you're a long-time listener, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for tapping that app. That's right. (laughs) So I think what we're going to do talk about tonight is a little bit of maybe Sasquatch, UFO. You know, we're just going to hit on a few topics there's not going to be an in-depth for one topic but right because we have we have several topics and we do want to talk about our last trip up at the Hamas, and this is probably the final trip until the spring right and uh, that's one of the reasons we'll kind of be touching base on different things because uh we were up in the Hamas. we we uh we, yeah. we, we uh, spent sev- several days, but before we get started, we do have a tradition. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we do a shot, but me and my brother kind of got arthritis in the I, I can't get it open. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> Today, we're just going to toast you. <laughs> okay. Today's yeah. going to be an air shot. That's right. It's, it's, I can't. What the hell did you seal these with? Whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> oh, we're having some technical difficulties getting the shot open. Yep. And I can't use my teeth because they break off easy. <laughs> oh. oh, hold on. No, don't do that. Okay. Let me get something. Okay. All right. We'll so, be right back. I'll, I'll entertain you while he's gone. But anyway, uh, I was talking about uh, we, we, uh, we usually like to uh, research our topics and stuff. But when we go out to the Hamas, it's all, uh, you know, fly by the seat of our pants uh, research. So that's where we were for several days. And it wasn't very, uh, very active. As a lot of you know, it's hunting season now. So there was a lot of hunters out there sighting in their guns. And they even came up to us and told us, hey, we're going to be back there shooting guns, just so you know. And I think once they, they start shooting guns, everything in the area leaves, everything. Because uh, I don't think we've even seen any rabbits or anything. So... I don't know, that kind of killed that. But we did uh, find a couple of interesting, um, well, I guess, tree snaps. or And there was the ones blocking the road that I posted earlier. I took my brother back to our original area, and I showed him the ones blocking the road. And it's just, I don't know, we can't say definitively that it's a Sasquatch or whatever, but those things, those trees were placed there. There was no matching uh, tree stumps. Um, and the tree stumps that were there were a lot older than the tree that was laying down. So <laughs> the worker in the background there. Yeah. So I don't know. It just to me, it seemed kind of peculiar. Who else could move that without any heavy equipment? And, um, we did, 
we've, we tried to get back to our original site, but the road is just so horrible that uh, we picked a new, new site. It's uh, in the same area, but not as far back. So, but like I said, it didn't really have a chance because of all the guns being shot and, you know, all the activity back there with the boomstick. And I do believe uh, Sasquatch is intelligent enough to know what those boomsticks do because they see hunters all the time. Okay, now now back to the shot. Uh, my brother had to go get his. Uh, We're back. His arthritic helper. <laughs> no, some. I I think they make these adult proof sometimes. So yeah, we should ask the kids to open them. <laughs> we should have. Anyway, here's to you. To you. <sighs> and by the way, these miniatures are illegal. They don't sell them in New Mexico no more. Well, they, they supposedly did away with miniature sales, and I don't know what the reason for is, but... But we, we found some place, I found a place that still has some. I won't mention them because I don't want them to get in trouble. That's right, for our local listeners, find it yourself. No, right. I'm just kidding. Or <laughs> else right, so come pick us up and buy we'll a couple. We'll show you. Yeah, we'll show you. <laughs> but anyway, I was telling them about our trip up there. Right. I said it was not very productive because of all the oh, guns man. being fired, and there was some... Uh, um, I don't know if they're semi or fully auto, but there was some there, there was some gunshots going off. Uh, there was definitely some high powered uh, rifles going off and semi automatic as well, and they were not low caliber. I could say that, but and and I think I heard you telling them that they approached us and let us know that they were right. They were going to be, be doing shooting. that. Yeah. So now I was, I was telling them that uh, we picked a new spot, right. but we did go back to our regular spot. Uh, and you saw the trees blocking the road. Which I, right, I did. Now, what was your take on that? I, I, we couldn't move that tree. Well, my, my take is it could possibly be squatches that don't want us to venture back there. Uh, maybe during the winter, and maybe they feel like this is the time of year that no one should be back there. And truthfully, the roads, I'm, I'm surprised they're still open. The reason that I think it could be squatches is because I've read many stories, and even there's a story... In, in this state, New Mexico, which deals with uh, a place up in Taos, which is north and near Colorado. And in that story, they said that these creatures were just throwing trees in the roadway so that they couldn't get any further up. So they would have to spend the whole day clearing these trees if they wanted to go up. But the two gentlemen that the story talks about... They heard the creatures, and they thought, oh, they figured it out. Oh, they, they don't want us going any further than this. So they kind of respected it. They started to remove them, and that's when the creatures let themselves be known. And, and uh, right. you know, it's up in, it's, they're called the Sangre de Cristo Mountains here, and uh, that's up north, and that's where the story took place. Right. Now, you were saying you were surprised that the road's even open, and yes. that may be another reason for them uh, dragging a tree across, because right. usually they're closed by now. It, it, they are. But usually by now, we're here in early November, uh, we've already, already had a snowfall. Right. And here we are in November, and it's 70 degrees. Well, no, it, it's uh, up in the mountains. It, it's cold at night. Yes. But there's still... a. No mud, no snow. Everything uh, that fell previously is gone. It is. So, I, and that that might be why the roads are still open. Well, and you know, I, I wonder if it's just you know, is it really truly the effects that we're seeing? Is it climate change, or is it just 
cyclical, you know, I, the, I, the season cycles, how they change. And I, I know how the season cycle, <clears throat> um, just my job, I, I, you could see, uh, you know, when you drill into the earth or whatever, you can see the different cycles that happen. Right. But uh, there might be something to global warming because there is uh, the cycles. We go through droughts and stuff. And, right. Of course. And wet seasons. But maybe we've sped them up. We, 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 I don't believe that we know enough. I, I don't think so either. But I, I definitely believe that mankind has impacted of the weather. But, of course. But, you know, these creatures back to the squatches, how does this affect them? Because w before, let's let's go back even a hundred years before we really had the combustion automobile and the industrial revolution was really kicking off. And these creatures, probably, they probably knew the cycles of the year and they knew when the snow was coming and, right. and you know, the rain. Uh, how has this affected them, I wonder? Right, they they must be uh, thrown off a little as well. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they have. Now, I I did. I don't know if we talked about this on a prior episode, but I did read an article that says if they look at the antlers on the deer, it tells them. Or were we talking about? No, that? no, we didn't talk about. So that. if you look at the antlers on the deer, it tells you what kind of winter you're going to have because uh, they said if you if during hunting season or if you just get a deer and you look at the antlers and you chop them, if they're kind of hollow and not dense bone, it's going to be a warm winter. But if the bone's real thick, it's going to be cold. Hmm. Nature has a way of getting them prepared. Right, so maybe they know those signs also. Maybe. Right, uh, well, if, if we know them, they might, because they, they've been up there probably surviving longer than us. Yeah, and I mean, that, this, that's their, you know. Their habitat. Their habitat. Right. But back to the blocking the roads. Um, now, this road we go to, there's this has been done several times. <clears throat> You've seen these trees right. in the road. You could see them where they've cut and there's just half a tree on the side of the road all the way up. Right. Yeah. Um, now, these trees, we really look at them and we look to see if they're fallen, if, you know, if the roots are uprooted or if it's been snapped off and where the stump is and and we just can't find that with these trees. Right. And these are big, heavy trees. Now, in some instances, it's a whole tree, and there's right. part of the root. Right. But there's no hole, no stump where it came from. So. Right. So it, it does make you wonder where where the trees came from and who placed them there. Right. And uh, uh, But getting back to our... We, we camped in a... On this, in the same general area, but not as far back into the forest because that road is so bad. We've mentioned that in the past... But it was it was funny because uh, where we camped, there was a little section. I don't know if it's a spring, but there was water there. Right. But uh, there was a tree right in the middle with a snap in it. And the snap was pretty high up. Uh, those of you who are on our Facebook page, I posted a picture. And you, whoever did that has to be 10, 12 feet tall because it was high. And none of the, it was right in the center of a tree. None of the other ones were... No, you're, and you're right. So I walked up and I went behind and I looked and I'm five eight and a half, five nine, and I looked up and that's, I told my brother, come and look at this. I said, for someone to have their hand and snap that branch like that, that's a big dude. And it wasn't a small branch either. No, it wasn't. I mean, it's a... Uh I probably couldn't snap it. With I, 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 couldn't snap, I couldn't snap it probably even... 
I'd have to lay it down on the ground and use my feet and pull, you know. But I'd, I'd have to use my truck. <laughs> right. But no, it, it wasn't a small, you know, it was probably about two-inch round diameter branch, and uh, it, it, you know it took some power. And it wasn't snow because I looked at the other branches. None of them were wilted or falling, but it was just one particular branch. It was just snapped. Right. And if you're familiar with Sasquatch and how they mark their territory, that's one of that's one of the trademarks that they do. Right now, uh, getting back to the tree snap, it's it's interesting because we had, like we said, a tree blocking the road. Um, Todd standing in Canada, right. he goes deep into the into the woods up there, and he said along the trapping roads, there's tree snaps. Right. And his theory is that's a marker, like. That's your side. This it's is our, our side. side, and it can be. I mean, every everyone's territorial. I mean, us as humans, we put up fences. This is my side. That's your side. So why wouldn't they do the same thing out there? Okay. Now, as we're heading back on that road, it was snapped toward. So maybe they're saying, "That's our side, and you, that's yeah. their side. That's why they blocked the road." Right. They're, they're saying, "Don't don't come over here because we don't like your kind." Right. Or you know, this is our. Our food source, you know, leave it alone. No, it, it does make you wonder wh- why why they do it and and for what reason. We can only, you know, hypothesize, but yeah. they truly know. Uh, I mean, and they're not dumb animals, uh, you know, regardless of what people say. Uh, some people just don't think they exist, but right. these, these are intelligent creatures you're dealing with. Right, and, um, <clears throat> you know, before I had my encounter, we were both on the fence. We we're intrigued, right. but uh, the more we go back there, the more <clears throat> evidence we find, and the more sounds we hear. I mean, I, I had—I know what I had happened to me that night. But my brother's still looking for that encounter. But I am. he's back there. He sees the signs. He—he finds—he's seen footprints. He's seen structures, tree snaps. Uh, he's heard the yells. I mean, the more we go back there, the more convincing it is. It is. And so I I was watching, uh, I I guess it wasn't even a documentary. It was just a a special on Bigfoot. And I found it on YouTube. And it was interesting how they uh, put up the demographics of over the last hundred years where the most sightings are. Of course, Washington, Oregon, up near Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. That just was riddled. It was riddled with sightings. But I was surprised to see that there's a lot like in Pennsylvania and like right. on the East Coast in too. Kentucky. In, in the, yeah. I, I want to say the Shenandoah Valley, the Appalachian Mountains. And, and when it really came down, uh, we, had, we had spots here in New Mexico, not as much as them. But, you know, I was like, you know, there, there, there's proof that they have been here. They are here. Uh, the... the thing that really stood out to me and this person that was uh, hosting the show talked about once they did that they showed the annual precipitation in those areas and they're saying where there's heavy rain there's a lot of sightings right because there's a lot of uh water water berries yes yeah so everyone knows it takes water to sustain life and that's plants 
animals, everything. So it made sense to me that there's right. the most sightings in those areas. Right. And uh, where where we go up in the mountains, uh, a lot of people don't picture New Mexico as no as how it is up there. It's it's thick forest, and uh, they do get a lot of precipitation. They do. We went camping one time for four days, and it hammered us for four days straight. It did, and and that was during the summer, our monsoon season. But we here in where we live in the city, we don't see a lot of precipitation but up in those mountains you do right and that's why when we go up there's a stream that runs 365 24 7 and it doesn't dry up and right and i'm like where does this water come from right right and, and that's uh, not the only one right no there's a, a lot of water sources up there there is and uh, we've seen the abundance of berries that grow and everybody knows about the pinon in this area right. the nuts and there's acorns and 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 not only that, there's plenty of game. Oh, tons of game for them up there. But when I was looking at the demographics, I was like, yep, that's the, the spots were like up near the Santa Fe forest and right where we are, the Hamas, which is the Santa Fe forest. They were located in the area where we go. Uh, there were a couple down south, but I was like, it makes sense. Now... When you look at the map of sightings, there's like one or two dots in New Mexico. There, yes. And now I think that's for a couple of reasons. Uh, over here, you do find a lot of people who have had encounters. You do. But they don't want to come forward. No. Uh, a good majority of them are the uh, <clears throat> Native American tribes, and they don't say nothing because it's been part of their culture for generations. Right. And, and yeah. also, maybe... Uh, Maybe we're not taken seriously because they think we're in the desert. But when I had my experience, I, I got on the BFRO website. Right. I reported it. Not not so much as an email back or anything. No, they, they think, well, you're desert land out there. They're, they're not there. But we've even seen pictures of them in the desert walking. Right. You know, and it's like, well, okay. That's on the Navajo Reservation, which is right. all desert. But I think they're they're nomadic. They're, they're just crossing through that dry right. land to get to the forest right. area. And, and what a lot of people don't understand about the Navajo Reservation, yes, it is a, a lot of desert, but you could be, like when Tater had, we talked to Tater. Right, yeah. You could be in the desert, and five minutes later, you're in thick forest. That's right. The, the, what do they call those mountains there? Uh, the Chusca Mountains. The Chusca Mountains, yes. Yeah. And uh, there, there's a, a local publication in Gallup where we come from. It's a magazine. Uh, I'll go ahead and say the name because it's a free magazine. It's right. called The Journey. Right. And, and they do stories every now and then about Sasquatch encounters. or And there's a lot in the Chusca mountain, Mountains. A lot. And now, there's a lot in the Hamas Mountains. Right. But uh, I think The Journey's been in Gallup. Long enough where the, the locals trust them, so they'll tell them the stories. Right. And and I have it. Now that he says that, it's right there in front of us. Boom. There you go. There it is. Journey. Yep. I saved that uh, that publication because that publication is dedicated to nothing but Sasquatch sightings. Right. And believe it or not, folks, here in New Mexico, which everyone thinks is a desert, we do have them. And, uh, you know, just hindsight, thinking about since we were young, we have had encounters our whole lives well, when we um, go into the forest or, or somebody we knew. We have. And, and my thing is, uh, I think about this a lot. Why do some people have experiences and others don't? Have you ever thought about that? I have. I, and, and that's why I always think about that day that I went out there and I had my experience. 
Why did it happen to us? Right. Uh, there was people a quarter mile down the road. Why not them? Right. Um, and how do I, my biggest question is how do I get them that close again? That's, that's the $1 million question that we're trying to achieve. I'm going to have to take my daughter and her friend and tie them up or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, we go out there and we, we anticipate hoping for and we want. A good encounter. Wow, he's already had his. I want one, and I, I want. I want more because I. It's weird when it happened. It scared me, but now it's. Uh, you kind of crave it. It's you, intriguing. Yes, right. it's 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 like the cat. You have nine lives, and that cat goes back nine times. Right. No. It, yeah. It is a curiosity because I do want to know more. Right. And you know, it's it's like you said. We've been out there, and my curiosity is peaked because of the noises and the sounds I've heard out there. The interactions we had, the things that we've talked about in previous podcasts that we just can't explain. Right. But I know I've experienced them up there. I've heard them. And there was no one else around. What else could it be? Right. That's my point exactly. Right. What else could it be? We, we've grown up in these mountains. We know the animals there. And what else could break off a tree limb and smack the tree with it? That's right. What, what else? Hoops and... Uh, and haulers. And haulers. Haulers with the lung capacity that... That you know no... I don't no care. human, right? No human can do. And, and Especially like us, you get older and, you know, you get a touch of the COVID. That's right. That's right. Shoot. I can't even walk up a flight of stairs and I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not <laughs> no, that big. He's, he's not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I... I I, I always think, why do some people, and not just one, there's some people that have had multiple right. encounters. Right. And it makes me wonder why they're so lucky and others aren't. And then I read stories of people that have one encounter and don't ever want to see the creature again because it was so frightening to right, them. Right, right. Now, if I saw one, <clears throat> like I got bluff charged or right. something like that, that might change my mind. Well, it, it might, but I don't think any of these stories were bluff charges. Right. They just seen them. And right. the, the, just the sight alone scared them. Yeah. No, they just couldn't believe what they were witnessing. Right. Now, a lot of people say when you come into the forest, they could, uh, they could sense your vibes, your, your, right. the frequency or whatever. Right. You know, there's a lot of debate about that stuff. We all know that stuff is, is true because... I, you know, it. here's my thing. I, I know there's been times where I felt like someone was staring at me and I look up and, yep, lo and behold, someone was staring at me and they try and look away, but you caught them. You know, there's there's that sixth sense among human beings, right. animals. We, we all, we just naturally are born with a certain, I, I don't want to say sixth sense, but... But it is, yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, okay, the sixth sense, because we have the five that we use on a right. daily basis. It's just not as developed. That's well. right. But we do have that sixth sense where we we know there's something around us. We can't see it. We can't feel it. And everyone will tell you that at one time or another throughout their life that they've had that feeling. And if you look at all these Sasquatch stories, many of those people say, I felt like I was being watched. Right. And uh, there's times when I've been out there and I kind of had the same feeling. Right. And uh, it's strange because yeah. uh, the farther away we venture from uh, our camp, we hear we hear things like uh, I don't know if they're warning signs that we're climbing up the mountain. Oh yeah, they might be there watching us. They might be. I just you know just like when we were going up the mountain that one time we were hiking it and uh, and it's a steep mountain, 
you're not going to run right back down it. So you better, you know, my thing is I, I hope they don't bluff charge me because I'm going to roll down this mountain. Right. I'm done either way. <laughs> right. And it's rocky full of just foliage and rocks and it right. would not be a pretty sight. But it was funny, the higher, when we got to a certain elevation in the, going up the hill there, right. the mountain, uh, we heard things. Right. There was like, a, I don't know if they're wood or rock clicks. I, uh, I think they were, were rock clicks. But uh, there was one in front of us and then an answer from across the valley. Right. And that, so we kind of stopped right there and said, do we want to go any further? And just, you know, like we said, it, it, it gets a little frightening out there. Right. It, it's, it's creepy enough being out there. But when you, uh, you hear that in front of you, then there's an answer across the valley. Right. That's kind of strange. We, we should have went up, but uh, like my brother said, if we had an encounter, it, it probably wouldn't end good for us on that hill. Uh, no, because <laughs> that, that hill's too steep. They could probably maneuver it like a deer. I mean, deer are up and down the, that type of terrain, but, right. you know, two fat guys like us, <laughs> we'd roll down. Right. Here right. comes the roly polies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, it, it is, you're right. We've had our share of experiences out there. And uh, I just want to know why some people have multiple experiences. Some people don't. And yet you have those that call it total bullshit. Right. But they never step foot in the forest. Right. And the, the thing that really uh, I have a question in back of my mind is <clears throat> the first night I went up there, I had zero uh Guns, right? No, yeah, you no you weren't armed. You went up there just as a as a camper, just going to camp and have. I went up there blind. Yeah, have a weekend <laughs> and, and, getaway. And now we we go up there. We're we we're armed, yeah. but uh, and I I don't recommend going into the forest unarmed. No, you know what? After what we've experienced and what I've heard out there, and just knowing some of the creatures we've just seen, I I will never go into the forest unarmed. For one, everyone. If you are out there and you think, oh, nature's my friend, you better think again. <laughs> nature nature is not your friend. Nature will devour you. Yes. And uh, the critters out there, some of them will devour you. Because in the city, you may be able to run from block to block and run 2.5 miles. But out there in that terrain, you can't outrun some of these creatures. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. Even let's say you piss off a... a a, a bull elk. Yeah, he'll tear. He'll you tear up. you up. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, but um, as far as being out there and uh, not not having as well, we still have activity, which is strange. Right. But I don't know. Maybe we should go out unarmed one time. No. <laughs> maybe maybe not all night, but just you know for a day. Expedition. Okay. But I, I know that's dumb, but. You know, because that, that's one of the things that I think about, because that first night when it was nuts, right. all I had was a little flashlight. Well, and you know what? A lot of people, like hunters, a majority of them don't have encounters. 90% of them don't. Now, there are hunters that are armed that do have the encounter, but the ones that are armed said, you know, I was armed, and the last thing I thought about was drawing my weapon because they were afraid that, if I draw my weapon, they seen how quick the creature was, how big it was. They're like, would I just piss it off? Right. 
And not only that, they heard the sounds and they said, I think there was more than one. So I may have taken care of this one, but the other three and that I heard surrounding me, what were they going to do to me? And right. especially if you see this big male, he may not be the alpha or he may. And you're thinking there's three more of them out there. They're going to rip me to pieces. Right. Like that night I had my encounter, we had the one that caught our attention. And I didn't even know about the second one behind us until he made right. his presence known. Well, I mean, look, let's look at Todd standing on his video that he's shooting. He's facing the one that the I'm going to say that's the alpha male standing by the tree with his shoulders. He's just huge. He's huge. But he got taken out from the side. Right, with the log. So that lets you know that they don't travel alone. Right. And I, you know, when I was younger, I, I knew nothing about the subject and I thought they did. But no, I believe they, uh, the theory is what we see is the scouts like a hunting party. Right. And they're not alone. And where the real clan is, that's where they have, you know, the day watchers, what they call them. The scouts. And the day it, watchers, it's funny because yeah. last night at work, uh, <clears throat> now, when I first had my encounter, you know, I got ridiculed a little. But now people, uh, they want to come up and talk to me, uh, li- real conversations. They want to ask questions. Right. Like, and they'll even tell me about encounters they had, which may or may not be Sasquatch. But uh, yesterday, uh, one of the guys at work asked me about, uh, you think there's a, a sanctuary? Because we we're talking about the Valles Caldera. Yeah. I said, there's a, a whole lot of land back there that we cannot access. It's just blocked off from, you know, by the government. Now, is it a, maybe there's caves where their home clan is. Uh, You could say they have it blocked off because Los Alamos Labs is close. Right. But uh, they they can't contain them, but maybe they could like at least keep their their home base safe from intruders. Well, here's my thing. And I thought about this too. We've heard the theory that that's a sanctuary for them, and we say they can't contain them, but, you know, anything's possible. We could get chimps to come back to the same spot. Why? Because we feed them and we give them treats and, you know, we, we learn their habitat. We could do the same with any animal, and we've done it with, an, with animals. That's kind of, you know, how we capture them and study them. So here's the thing. They... Maybe not just through the Los Alamos lab, but government. They find out how to attract them, what to feed them, to keep them, and, you know, kind of like a little study. Right, and, and, they, and may, they might not even feed them directly. They might, like, plant the berries they like. No, 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 they just they just go out and just like you do with other animals. You don't feed them directly. You just go to a certain spot and you drop the food. You lure them in. Once they find it, you do it day after day. Right. And but what I'm saying is uh, they might not just even drop food. Like I said, they might right. be planting trees. Because we, uh, we could grow fruit here in New Mexico. Um, they could, uh, certain fruit. They, they could have it uh, contained with <clears throat> wildlife and... Well, we could grow the shit out of berries, that's for sure. Right. Uh, but my thing is, even but but to attract them while those trees are going, because most of the time it takes fruit trees several years before they even produce. Right. So they could just lure them to the area by dropping fish, you know, right. dead fish, and things that they know from maybe studies up in, in the, the west, yep. Yep, in, in the Pacific Northwest, in the Appalachians. Those government entities of course it's one just government 
bureau and they right. talk to each other and say, this is how you draw them in. Right, right. And, uh, and that's why I think they make food abundant there. They keep us out. Right. And that's why I, I believe maybe their home base is there where they have their family pods or whatever they do. And could be. the ones we see out are, are the ones venturing out hunting or... Right. Or just exploring and watching us. Well, and like this, one of the uh, most famous sightings is about the twins that ran up the mountain. Right up in the Hamilton. Yeah, uh, and they were in the Caldera area, and uh, they saw two of them, and they just ran right up the mountain. They crossed the road and ran up the mountain. Now, those are just juveniles, and you know kids are just curious at heart. Right. So you're not going to contain them. They're going to go out and Now, now this was several around. years ago, so they're not juveniles anymore. No, 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 they're not. And see, when I had my encounter, <laughs> I, I think it was a male and a female just by the different tone of voice. And after I thought about it for a while, that's what popped into my mind. Maybe right. it was the twins. Could have been. Could have been. We, we don't know. Well, look at there. We we wanted to touch on several subjects. Right. We, but I, we wanted to touch on the UFOs because uh, I've talked <clears> about where I work, all the UFO activity. And last night, uh, I had one fly directly over my head. I don't know if it was UFO, drone, what it was, but uh, we'll get back to that next, next podcast, and I'll we, tell you what I saw and what I heard. Yeah, uh, I did want to touch on the UFO topic, but... That's for next podcast. Yep, we'll, we'll be back. We will. Anyway, that's what we wanted to share with you tonight. We hope you enjoyed it. And tell a friend. Right, right. And, and we, we always love to shove. shove, shove. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> share our stories when we go in and do into our research area. That's right. I'd like to call it our research area, even though we can't get back to our favorite spot, because our favorite spot always produces fruit. But it is our research area. Right. Because... That's where we go all the time and, searching for results. And, and I do believe they're, they're used to us to a certain point. That's why we do get sounds and stuff, and they come around, and they get close enough we could hear the, the rock clicks, and I know they're watching us. Right. But anyway, we'll touch more base on the UFO thing and the, the drones in the That's sky, right. whatever. We will bring that to you. Anyway, we, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.